25 years of intercultural and interreligious dialogue. That's what this EPP Group podcast is all about, marking a quarter century of bringing Europe's faiths together. As we'll hear from religious leaders and MEPs, it's helped in the healing after the Balkan Wars, after terror attacks, and in shaping the future of Europe. Why is this still so important today, 25 years on? EPP Group Chairman Manfred Weber puts it in perspective. The DNA of the European People's Party is, uh, and the group is to be Christian Democrats. So we know that politics is not only about negotiating, about bringing things together, about making compromise and voting democratically about the outcome. It's also about values, about basic principles, about a pillar you build up your future thinking. And that's why the investment in interreligious dialogue is so important. Father Manuel Barrios, head of the Commission of the Bishops' Conferences of the EU, says it comes down to people. Dialogue between us, understanding between us, I think is fundamental for Europe now and for the future of Europe. Because we can do things together with other religions, with other churches, for the common good in Europe. Imam Yahya Palavicini, president of the European Muslim Leaders Council, says the dialogue links people together on different levels. Interreligious dialogue is very important nowadays, especially in Europe, because it provides the link between the spiritual and the concrete practical responsibility of mankind. So it unites uh, heart with brain with action. The EPP group's Jan Ulbricht says faith in one's religion and in Europe can go hand in hand. I mean, believers who live in Europe, they, they have to believe that Europe is the place when they can work together and trust each other. So that's why I think this kind, kind of dialogue is absolutely necessary, especially in the times of conflict. Shlomo Hofmeister, community rabbi of Vienna, puts it in musical terms. A choir is so much stronger than a solo, and that's why it's essential and imperative for society, which consists of so many different voices, to sing together. The respective religion still shares so much music, which we have to play together in order to make this world, this Europe, the place we want it to be. So how has that worked in the past, and how can it work in the future? Imam Palavicini tells a story about bringing religions together during the holy month of Ramadan. In Italy, we engaged uh, in trying to find a solution that can avoid uh, two kinds of discriminations. On one side, the discrimination against migrants, and on the other side, the discrimination against Muslims. And we did it uh, with Christian and Jews together during Ramadan, uh, going to these centers where migrants are uh, welcomed or managed, uh, and uh, celebrating with them interreligiously, so breaking the fast together in Italy with rabbis and Christians shows a interpretation of citizenship which goes uh, even more beyond the simple uh, question of hospitality or tolerance. Interreligious dialogue helped tackle the issue of Islamic extremism in Europe, says the EPP group's Georg Holveni. It was uh, the base of a lot of uh, misinterpretation of the role of the Islam and it gets more stronger after, after the migration crisis in 2015. It is possible to get a realistic 
picture and overview about the real of the uh, the the role of the Muslim communities in Europe and how can collaborate with other representatives of the religious, for example, Jewish or Christians. Yeah. Dialogue was key to reconciliation after the Balkan Wars, says Father Emilianos Bogianu. He's on the committee of representatives of the Orthodox churches to the EU. For me, one of the most important aspects of this dialogue was how it helped in the healing aspect of what had happened in Southern Europe and in the Balkans. And this dialogue, together, the Orthodox Church, which was the beginning with the EPP group, did a lot of, helped a lot in the healing process of the Balkan states after the war. So is there hope for religious dialogue in Russia's war on Ukraine? Father Barrio says it has to happen. In Europe, we have persons of different uh, churches, of different religious traditions, and I think it's fundamental that we understand each other and we dialogue with each other. And in this context in which we're living of a, of a war, a war between uh, Christians, and this is something that really hurts us, I think here ecumenical and interreligious dialogue is very important. There's also the aspect of the Kremlin hijacking religion for battlefield objectives, as Rabbi Hofmeister explains. When Russia, in the name of the Orthodox Church, and supported by religious identity, is fighting against Europe in Ukraine, fighting a war on the back of religion, using religion and its identity to justify whatever crime is happening. This is an abuse of religion. This is something we have to stand up against. When the guns fall silent, that dialogue will be especially important, says Father Bogianu. And Once the darkness leaves and people have to face reality and truth, they will see how this dialogue will serve as a safe place to overcome, because now we're talking about a lot of hurt, a lot of uh, misery, a lot of uh, death, a lot of, I mean, war is war, no matter from which point of view we look at it. And dialogue will be able to provide this. A prayer and a wish that dialogue can also help shape the future of Europe and a European Union that's better able to improve people's lives, says the EPP group's Otmar Karas. Our societies are more split as in the past and much more divided as in the past. So that is one point. And we have also a lack of trust with the citizens. And that is the reason why, we, and we have the same political framework, war, globalization, splitting of our society. The, the politicians and the religions leader must have a common program to strengthen our values, to strengthen the dialogue and to strengthen the unity of our society and to solve our common problems. Jan Olbricht says dialogue can build the courage needed to face the future. The future of Europe is, are we ready to challenge this, uh, these elements? Are we ready to work together? Are we, with all the problems and um, uh, different uh, approaches, are we ready to work together in future? Are we ready to face the completely new situations? For example, the new enlargements. Are we ready to do it? Are we brave enough? So this is the, the, the question. For this, we need churches. Not churches as institutions, but churches, of course, it's also about the people.
That also means respecting secularism while being a part of Europe's future, says Dr. Jürgen Sorensen of the Conference of European Churches. We live in secular societies in Europe, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, we live in pluralist societies. I think that's also a good thing. Uh, however, we see also that churches and religion in European societies is marginalized to some extent. And I think for churches to be more active in putting forth what we can, how we can actively be part of the future of Europe is important. We want to be in dialogue with politicians. I think we need to convince uh, decision makers in Europe that churches are there to make a difference to the better of society. Religious leaders can play an important role in dealing with polarization, radicalization and xenophobia, says Imam Pallavicini. Well, interreligious dialogue can provide an antidote of uh, um, this xenophobic uh, tendencies or propaganda or hatred or violence because uh, it tries to involve uh, in a dialogue persons with different orientations, interpretations and beliefs. Uh, and so towards uh, or through the mutual understanding, uh, we might succeed to have a more respect of diversities, of complexities, and even of uh, disagreements, uh, but never allow any of these differences or disagreements to go towards hatred or violence or discrimination. So I think that a better awareness and understanding and cooperation will help uh, for uh, a better uh, relation. Manfred Weber says the payoff from 25 years of the EPP Group's intercultural and interreligious dialogue is manyfold. For more than two and a half, half decades now, we are, as EPP Group, investing in dialogue with uh, religious communities in Europe. I'm proud about this investment, and it brings a lot of fruits for our work. That's why Father Barrios says this dialogue must continue with the help of the EPP group. We as Catholic Church are very happy of this unit that the EPP group in the European Parliament has for interreligious and intercultural dialogue. And I think it can contribute a lot uh, to open our minds, uh, open our, our minds to dialogue, to understanding others, to see what others can contribute from their culture open minds and open hearts. That's what the EPP Group's intercultural and interreligious dialogue is all about. I'm Chris Burns. Thanks for listening.